Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage, and in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. It's time for another episode of Level Up. Katie's here. I'm here. My name's Daniel. We are about to drop some sweet science on you about... (laughs) Sweet science. Sweet science about how you need to control whether you do things yourself how many things you do yourself or how many things you outsource to third parties when it comes to running your own business and getting things done efficiently and effectively. Right. So we can have 10, 15 suppliers for one particular transaction or we can have zero, depending on how you want to run your business and how much you want to control things and feel like you're doing you know, you're an expert at everything, which you really aren't. But a lot of people go into it thinking that they are. Well, and especially when you're starting, yeah, I think there's 100%. a real, and, and we were like this, I think it's, you'll be hard pressed unless you've had a lot of people telling you things before you do your first deal. Oh God. I think back to my like first transaction, my first listing 10 years ago, I did all of my pictures myself. I might have brought a couple vases and pillows from our house. Like I had no inventory, have but ever, like Have you ever said vase? Vase, vase. I say yeah. vase, but I feel like vase is what I grew up with. I think I say vase too. Anyway, sorry. But anyway, back to you and your pictures. Yeah. So I mean, I brought in like just crap from our house. Um <laughs> Yet it was the stuff we actually use for decoration yeah, in our house. Maybe, yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm just trying to think what else. Like, no video. Like, I mean, it was just very basic. But, like, when you're first starting out, like, you don't know any better. And I think back then, the expectation was a lot lower in terms of the quality you produce for your listings. Oh, well, we, yeah. We were not, well, I wasn't in the industry when you started. Right. And I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you were really engaged in real estate forums and networks and groups of people that had best practices and designs and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, even looking back at all of the pictures of all of the listings, like I would do comparables and nobody had good lighting, nobody had good pictures, the toilet seats were up. The standard was lower, that's true. The standard was lower. Yeah, but now like getting, if you're first now getting into this industry, I think the, like you've got to level up your game uh, tremendously. And unless you're a professional photographer, like photography for one is one that I always tell people you need to get a photographer. Well, and this is, I mean, not to get away from photography. We will yeah, revisit that. Yeah, no, that's very that. specific. Well, no, no, I, we, we can start with that. But yeah. th- just as an example, you might be a pro in anything, in something. A lot of people who become realtors are coming from another industry that might be very tied to yeah. real estate. And if that's your forte, I mean, I think as a step one, there's no problem in making that your go-to, I'm going to do this myself, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a real keen sense of design, if you're a photographer, if you, you know, have connections in furniture or whatever, if you're handy, like there's certain things you can do yourself. Yeah. It's just evaluating what 
you can do yourself right. effectively and appropriately for your listings and which ones you're going to be spinning your wheels on, right. making mistakes and just not servicing your clients properly. That's the thing because you can do things, you can do anything. Like we've done and we'll tell some stories. We've done all kind every job we've worn mm-hmm. the hat at some point and it gets done and the place sells or the client's happy or not, but when you look at it head to head against someone who does this for a living doing it, it's not just a case of how much money did I save? It's yeah. a case of how much time did I spend? Yeah. How, what was the opportunity cost of not doing other things at the same time? Um, how much physical exhaustion did I go through? You know, where was my mind at, you know? And what is the perception that your clients will have about you? If you're going into a house with like random furniture and and accessories to stage, they're not going to have the confidence in your ability to present the listing very well, in my opinion. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think there's people who would disagree because I've heard, especially clients who don't know better or old school people who say, you wouldn't believe it. My realtor came in my house he brought cans of paint, he painted it himself, he took this, he brought in furniture, he fixed my walls. And that's great, and they're impressed by it, but that's, think about that next to a painting company showed up on the realtor's dime to do the same stuff, or mm-hmm. somebody who was a professional plumber fixed the pipes instead of... Perception might be one of the reasons next to money where people actually think doing it themselves is a benefit. And I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, certain things. Yeah, no, for sure. Certain and, things, and, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, it's your choice at the end of the day. Like, we do staging. Um, you know, we're starting to get away from that a little bit more so just because we've recognized the time and the headache it takes to do it. And for us, we would rather hire somebody. It's going to cost us a lot of money, but then we can look forward to the next listing and focus on our time. Like we want to be one of those, you know, and there's realtors out there that do that. Like they've got like their, their group of people Mm -hmm. and it's just like a machine. You go into a listing, do all the stuff. They just organize it or maybe have an assistant to organize all the timelines and they're there for the realtor type stuff. Right. And that, And that's where we've spent a ton of time talking about systems and Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the mechanics of a transaction. And we've done that more so from the paperwork and presentations and timelines. But this is the key component of of once you've got a listing, the systems don't stop there. You don't just take off your automated hat and go into freak out mode of all the stuff you need to do. Yeah. And so... Even though every listing is different and every client is different, the needs aren't going to be the same. And your same. schedule might be different if right. you want to do stuff yourself. Well, yeah. Like So because of that, let's say you have two listings at the same time. Do yeah. you say no to one because you need to do everything yourself? Yeah. No. You, yeah. you need go-to trusted suppliers and, yeah. and systems in place so that you don't freak out and you can actually confidently pitch people backed by this team yeah. Who don't even have to be, they don't work for you, but they do, right? right? They're people that you're going to pay to They're get your the job people. done. Yeah. And you can have different people for different types of listings as well. For example, photography, we have a higher end photographer that we work with for more higher end properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got our photographers for the more generic ones that don't need that. Um, you know, specific type of look. The crispy shots. Yeah. And and I 
honestly, like, and it's just, that comes down to like a business decision based on, you know, my expenses and what I want to spend my money on. And if the photography is just going to look, will, will look good regardless, um, I'd rather focus my money elsewhere, um, than crisp photos for mm-hmm. a more generic listing. But it, it, it all comes down to, you know, what you want for your, for your listings and, and knowing the costs. That's the absolute biggest mistake people will make is going into a listing presentation and promising the world to people mm-hmm. um, with all of their supposed people that they know and then realizing afterwards, oh crap, I'm going to be spending $10,000 before I even get this place listed because I promised all this stuff and I didn't know what the costs were. Right. And there's, I mean, we've talked about finances in the past. It doesn't mean like, let's say you say to yourself, okay, on any given deal, I'm going to figure out what my potential commission is and I'm allocating X percent of that to costs. Mm -hmm. That's one way to do it, but that doesn't mean continue outsourcing and adding things to your cost structure just just to, you know, because you can, right? You still want to maximize your income, but you want to do it smartly and you want to identify the things that also are going to save you the headaches to allow you to keep getting business elsewhere. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, because I think what a lot of pe- people fall into the trap of is, oh my gosh, I've got a listing. Stop everything. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything else. I can't do any more prospecting or reaching out to for, like other clients. Like This is my sole focus. And if you do that, you're going to lose a lot of time in, in the, the business you're going to get down the road. Right. And, and not every listing is open and close in a week, right? Right. You can't, if you want to be doing 20 transactions in a year or whatever the number is, Mm -hmm. you can't bank on them being back to back to back to back to back. You're going to have things, especially in a seasonal market Mm -hmm. where you've got two or three going on at the same time and some that are successful and some that sit a bit longer, but you can't let that dictate your own timeline and your ability to take on more business. Yeah. And then going back to cost, to your point with setting a certain amount aside in general, um, it's also important to recognize there's going to be listings where you're going to spend less. That money that you save on that one will likely go to another one in, in terms of wanting to spend more. Like, you know, you could have a listing where your client is super stylish and the the staging is going to be minimal. And then you might have another house where it's a hoarder house and you have to help remove all of the junk that's in there in order to present it properly. So it's like, there's never like a perfect balance of like, okay, 30%, like my cost, like 25% of my income is going to go towards mm-hmm. whatever in, in a listing. Like, I think it's got to be depending on the listing and, and, and maybe just set like a limit for yourself. Right. Well, that's the thing is that the cost to stage, for example, yeah, it can vary very much. And it varies with the size of a place. It varies with whether it's a full stage of a vacant place or just accessories or whatever. But it doesn't vary based on necessarily how much you're going to sell the place for. Mm-hmm. Right. So a, an 800 square foot condo that's really trendy in downtown Toronto might sell for more than a 2,500 square foot detached home outside of the city, right? But the 2,500 square foot home is going to cost more to stage. Right. So you can't have a formula that says, okay, I can afford to take professional photos, stage, Mm -hmm. do this marketing, do that, whatever, for every home, unless you understand what your kind of worst case scenario is with that formula. And so, I mean, rule of thumb, if we're talking, and we haven't really touched, we're sort of touching here and there on the different things, but there's photography is 
a no-brainer always every yeah every listing get somebody to do it for you the cost does not even when you go with a super amazing photographer mm-hmm. you're looking at what 400 500 bucks for yeah. like the highest end you're getting the best of the best mm-hmm. and typically you can get a photographer for a couple hundred bucks with everything you need yeah and it's professional by no means is there ever a situation where you should be using your phone maybe if you're doing a lease of a basement you don't want to hire a yeah. photographer yeah but anyway photography is kind of number one outsourced thing that unless you're a professional yeah exactly Exactly. And and that's a given. I mean, don't and don't make that one of your amazing features when you're talking to sellers right. either. Like that's an assumption. If you're a professional, you're getting professional photography exactly. for your listings. Yeah. It's it's a pet peeve of mine and maybe it's cuz I'm in the industry, but when you see these advertisements where there's, you know, a 50 point yeah. what you get list and 48 of them are no-brainer yeah. things like You'll be on Facebook. Yeah. You know, or yeah, exactly. I negotiate things yeah. like List, that. Uh, showings, you know, like, of course. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's. So that's a big one. I mean, in photography, when you get past the pictures, though, I mean, there are things like we've when it comes to just photo and video, video is a big variable. Yeah. Where you might want to do the generic kind of virtual tour, quote unquote, video, mm-hmm. which is really just the pictures. Yeah. Or you want to do a little intro with yourself, which costs a bit more. Or you want to do a full-scale... Lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. Or drone footage or nighttime photos. You can spend with a photographer-videographer thousands of dollars. Right. And we have. And when the the listing merits it, you're going to be weighing that out. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because that yeah. also becomes a massive marketing tool for you in the future. Well, that's the thing, and when when you know your when you have your people and you know the costs, you can go into a listing presentation confidently and say, "This is what we're going to do for your home because this is what's going to make it stand out the most." Not every home needs twilight shots like of the outside not every home can or should use drone photography if it's like a 20 foot by 80 foot lot like why are you getting drone photography for that With like a dumpster next door yeah yeah so i mean you gotta you gotta realize that when you go into a listing presentation it's got to be flexible based on the home and how you want to present it and in order to do that you just have have a very firm grasp of what it's going to cost you right and this is where it also comes into when you go in there and we've talked about listing presentations before you need to have a keen eye for what your environment is not just for photos but for the work that might need to be done whether that's going to be done by you by them by somebody you hire you mentioned hoarders Mm -hmm. we've had more than one client that you walk into it and it isn't even about repairs it's about the amount of time energy and money it's going to take just to empty this place yeah and can we tell you from experience we've dealt with this before and all of the people or all of the companies that say they will come and take all of your well-loved or whatever goods <laughs> unless they're worth hundreds of dollars they're not going to touch it and for i for free for free exactly and but even like So Daniel and I went through this where I guess the sellers felt as though they were, there was, there might have been a a misunderstanding from the beginning just in terms of how we were going to handle it. But we essentially walked into a full house of stuff and 
were basically like 50 years worth yeah. of collections and and they took everything that they wanted but there was quite a bit there was a dumpster full left and we can tell you that because we actually filled a dumpster with all of this stuff and um you know we recognized how much things were going to cost us and to get a dumpster was 500 but to clear out the entire house i don't even i couldn't even imagine how much it would cost well, to do we've seen it with considerably smaller hordes yeah. that have still been into the hundreds to the thousands the thousands you know yeah, like we've called thousands. if you've ever called and i wouldn't rec well i would but 1-800 got junk is kind of the name people know yeah and if you just want a few things taken out mm-hmm. of your house you know they do it by the amount of their truck that's full by yeah. the percentage that could be 1500 bucks right just like that and yes it's hands-free and at the same time, when I know that, and I know that emptying this house we're talking about probably would have been three grand just to take everything out oh, of there gosh, at or least. more. Yeah. Yes, we spent An a day, day of sweat equity, the two and of us. Tears. Oh, it was it was it was a gong oh, show. Oh my gosh! And it was when we say dumpster. This was like a 20 plus foot dumpster. Yeah, and it was it was so hard too cuz we knew the family had taken out the most important belongings, but there was still so much in there. Yeah. that we just felt horrible, but what are you going to do? Oh, it was heart-wrenching. Yeah, it there was, were family yeah. pictures and this was a woman who was in her 80s who had moved out to a to a retirement home and yeah. it's her whole life that yeah. we're throwing in the garbage. Now that yeah. being said, that has nothing to do with hiring a third party. No. But these are all things that looking back, we learned a lot from it. Not so much that we should have done something different, but we have a better perspective on what sort of work goes into certain scenarios. Yeah. And and like that, and it goes back to your commission as well. Like you need to fight hard for your commission because if you're spending thousands of dollars, I mean, it, it makes sense that you're charging what you are charging. Because um, ultimately, you're going to get that much more for your clients because you're presenting it as quickly as poss- as best as possible. Sorry, my I have the worst allergies right now. Daniel's looking at me. I'm like, we're I'm not like a, we're not on video, but eyes. she's like pulling her own eyes out while she's <laughs> oh, talking. Man. It's multitasking. Oh, it's so annoying. So another thing that you need to have an eye for. I mean, one thing is emptying out the place, but another is figuring out what you need to do to put the place in a presentable condition. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can hire somebody third party to even do that for you to even identify things. A lot of, you know, staging consultations are, you know, what realtors say they offer for free. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, it's what are you going to need to do, if anything, to make it look the way you want it to look? And that could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, and and we have gone through down this road of building up our own staging inventory, getting a storage locker, which costs money, mm-hmm. um, renting a U-Haul and transporting stuff here and there to our listings. And although, I mean, it's, it's a good time saver. And f- I think from an accessory perspective, if you've got an eye for design, which I do think we do. Um, I think we like, we've, cause we've been in this business long enough. We're yeah. like very passionate about that aspect of it. Um, then it's something to consider, but I've started to recognize more and more that I'd rather just hire somebody to do it, spend the extra few thousand and start working more so on my business, um, in order to, to grow that, that part of things. And that says a lot because when I look at like we've built up a very big inventory as far as like just individual realtors go 
because we're not a staging company, but you know, we've now inventoried things, most types of furniture. We landed up selling a couch we had, like a couple things yeah. we had, we got rid of. Well, but storage was getting a little tight. But I mean, the nice thing was and is that it all follows a very patterned style that we like and that we know we can allocate to different types of places. What I was going to say, though, is that it says a lot that I agree that we should be outsourcing more, even though I know how much more money it costs. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the cost to stage on a home-by-home basis is... Like, oh yeah, it's humongous. Yeah, that's your that's going to be your biggest cost if you're. I I would say it's humongous. Yeah. yeah, like for one full house that was vacant, we'd probably pay more for that than our entire inventory cost us. Yeah, but, and that's why it's so tempting to just buy your own inventory right. and well, use it. That's why it was. That's why it was tempting that's to where us. It like started. we did it. Like yeah. we didn't have. And this is another thing too. When you're starting out, like we said, you might not have money to invest. Yeah. Eight nine thousand dollars in a listing on the mm. hope that you're going to make fifteen, right? Because there is still always a chance you don't sell the place, right? And so it is an investment, um, and a lot of people, I mean, protect that in different ways. I don't know. We haven't done that before. Yeah. Well, I mean, also the numbers. Like, I don't think you'd spend eight nine thousand to make fifteen. That's well, like a yeah. Little, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm getting <laughs> dramatic, but yeah, like it's though you do need to understand. The cost, even yourself, let's say you don't have an inventory. Mm-hmm. If you were, and you've done this, I think, too, like renting furniture. Yeah. That's that's without someone bringing it and setting it up the well, way you want. And that's what a lot of stagers do. That's why the cost is so high because they might just hold inventory of smaller furniture and accessories and artwork. But the bigger pieces, they're still renting from another company. And if you go online to see some of these furniture rental companies, like a cost of rental couch is almost the same price as a cost of a couch, maybe a little less, but I mean, well, it's, it's yeah, four it's, or 500 bucks. It's, it's a lot. And so it, it adds up. You can understand you look around any house or even a small condo, the amount of furniture that you would need to, to furnish it is significant. So I understand the cost and I do believe that staging makes a big difference with a, a lot of homes, not necessarily everything. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, cleaning it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, th- that's what it is. And I think there'll be some trial and error as you go through your career. Um, it's important, I think, to look for stagers to partner with and understand the costs of, a, a, you know, a ballpark costs of how much things will be um, so that you can go into listings prepared. It, you know, the, the partnership thing is, is kind of a standard across the board too because mm-hmm. we talked about it in the listing presentation, in buyer presentations. You want your team of people who are go-tos. They appreciate that they're part of your team yeah. so that you can rely on them. You don't you shouldn't have just one, you know, like we said, photographers, there's different styles, there's different types. You can have two or three stagers. There might be different styles that play to a downtown condo versus, you know, a suburban semi-detached. Exactly. So have different people who are go-tos in different areas and all that. And that just makes you look more professional because it is more professional to do it that way. Yeah, exactly. Tells people that you've thought it through, you know what you need to do. And as Katie said, it helps you justify if you feel you need to, your commission. Yeah. And so to put it into perspective, I mean, we want to talk about part of why we've made the switch to staging with a third party for big things. 
I mean, it's it's just it's a go to story. That's fun one. Right. Well, yeah, we were actually in a in a moving truck, moving staging from one house to a new listing. And we were asked actually by the sellers um, of this new listing if we could store some of their furniture that they didn't need um, for the, for a little bit. And we said, okay. And uh, when we were bringing it back, we were in a, a moving truck again. Daniel hit a bump in the road and we didn't secure things properly. And let's just say a few big pieces of their furniture got um, destroyed. destroyed. And we, we, we broke the stuff we took to store for them, yeah, basically. and my heart sunk. I felt horrible, like just imagine trying to tell your own clients like we broke your how furniture. did we do this and and because we weren't professional movers, we didn't take the time to secure things properly, um even our own staging stuff, I mean, it gets so destroyed because we never really secure it properly, yeah. we're not storing it properly well, we don't yeah we're not we don't professionals know, we in don't this know what we're doing business. yeah, you know, like we know how to place things, I know how to put the stuff together, we know what the style's gonna look like, planning it out. All mm-hmm. that stuff, but there's a step, you know, there, there's more to it than just that. And we we took that to a different level and we've hired movers to take the stuff. Yeah, bigger stuff. Which was, that yeah. was kind of the progression of like, yeah. okay, maybe we'll get professionals to move it because clearly I don't know what the hell I'm doing with that, right? And obviously the side of that part of the story too is not just that it made us feel terrible, but the cost to fix and replace, replace all this furniture, we could have gone full circle and just hired a stager to do it all and spent the same amount of money with no yeah. headaches. Well, and, and let's let's talk about the time because you're, like, just add it all up. Like, for me to plan out a staging, mm-hmm. it, it takes a few hours to do that properly. And then p- renting a moving truck, it's not like you have a moving truck company next door. You've got to drive to a place, leave your car there, pick up the truck, bring it back home, state like put all the stuff inside like you're talking like two or three full days yeah yeah you're being generous when with it, a couple hours to plan too because yeah. it's it's going there it's taking pictures measurements it's measuring, yeah that's true and and then plotting that in like the way you used to do it you know those yeah. pictures would end up on a powerpoint where we yeah. cut and paste our inventory into the room then go out into the storage or the garage or whatever and start picking it all and laying it out and grouping it, labeling it. Yeah. It it's a real endeavor. And that and that's because I'm not a professional. If I was a professional designer, I could go in and I could know, okay, I need this piece, this piece, this piece, and I'm good to go. Yeah. But I need to put things together visually in order for me to know. And that takes time. So I mean, even like four or five days it could be from like planning to execution to picking everything up at the end of the day. I mean, that's, that could be five days of you, you know, prospecting and potentially getting one or two extra listings. And it's stressful. It is. And as much as it is redeeming and helpful to your marketing when you do a before and after and it looked great and everything worked out because yeah. they've looked great and everything has yeah, worked out. Yeah. It's still, it's the days that you're not doing other things. It's the days that you're stressed out. It's still costing you money. Yeah. And the worst is when your client stays home (laughs) while you do it. And like, they're just kind of looking at your every move. And I mean, 
they can do whatever they want. But when you're not a professional, it's just, it it makes you question what you're doing even more. And if it is a professional, A, there's less likelihood the client's going to question it. And B, if they do, you're not the one who made those decisions. Like you've relied on a professional and you're able to have that as a, not just trust me, it'll be fine. But a this person does this for a living and this is what sells, right? Yeah, they know. So that's the and, – and, you know, there's so many other things. And this is just staging we're yeah. talking about. This is one of the steps. There's times where you're going to have people who from, you know, your work back schedule or whatever you're putting together, you don't have two, three weeks to put a place together. And once it's staged, that's what has to be done before you get into photos and printing stuff from the photos and the listing and all that. So – Understanding what that means, not just in cost, but in the time it's going to add or just replace other things you're doing Mm -hmm. is super important in helping you decide whether to do it yourself or not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's just so much more. Yeah. It it doesn't mean like, and we're not saying we still don't stage and outsource every listing you know there are things that if it can be done with a few things you have or yeah and and sometimes stagers like their availability is like if if you have certain ones you're working with and they might not be available for a week and you need to get the listing on the market in a couple of days um you're gonna have to be resourceful in those instances it's not always yeah you're not going to be spending your career sitting by a pool and just emailing people always go do this go do this yeah there's a hands-on element yeah. Um, maybe one day. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there are people out there who it's assistants and third parties and that's all it is. And they just negotiate and take calls and that's fine. But we're assuming for the purposes of this podcast that you're in a position where you're making these decisions. Yeah. And trying to figure out what's best for your own business to move it forward. Exactly. And I don't think, as we said before, I don't think it's something that you need to know going right into things, especially when you're first starting out. You're going to have to do some of your own work in order to figure that out and and work with different suppliers. Uh, the best thing I can recommend for that in, in terms of finding suppliers is look at other people's work, look at other people's staging, and most people will be happy to let you know who they use. Um, and so that, that kind of cuts down the work for you. You know what their work is like already, so it's easy just to bring them on and, and just make sure you understand their costs and you're comfortable with that. Um, another thing with stage, uh, sorry, photographers is that a lot of them now offer um, a variety of services. So you can kind of get it all done in one swoop, which can be really helpful because one thing to consider with your sellers is that they don't want to be out of the house for a week straight while that you try to get their house in order before listing because usually they will be out of their house once the home is listed for mm-hmm. to con- to facilitate showings. So if you can schedule a day where, you know, everybody's in or a couple of days, um, that's, that's something that's very um, useful and efficient for your clients. Yep, it is. And also make sure that you understand all the variables in all of these services as well. So you're talking about lots of different services that they offer with something like, whether it's photography, whether it's staging, there's so many different ways you can do something and you have to do the research ahead of time. Like now's the time to not just line up suppliers, but understand what all those offerings look like. For example, virtual staging is big now. Mm -hmm. If that's an opportunity where you know you can't afford to stage a place, but it's going to need something. Yeah. Know the alternatives, 
be prepared and confident with it so that as you talk about your suppliers, when you're in a place, you know already what it is you think is best. And you can speak confidently about why it's best and what it is. And that just serves you better when you're when you're presenting. It's not just, I'll figure this out and get back to you later. Right. Yep. So that, I think, is pretty much it for this week. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Unless you have something else on your mind. I don't know. I'll, I'll hire somebody to, yeah, to, to finish to this. We, sh- we should get like a, a professional voiceover person to do the end because yeah. we don't need to. Well, yeah. And I think for, for everybody, everybody conducts their business differently. So just because one person does something a certain way doesn't mean you have to. Um, just just look at things for yourself and, and be comfortable with what you're moving forward with. There is no right answer for this stuff. The right answer is what makes sense for you. For you, yeah, and your comfort level and your and your finances. Right. Well, th- th- I guess that's, yeah, from that perspective, the right answer isn't always, even if it makes sense for you, like mm-hmm. in your head, Yeah. don't spend your entire commission check to make each listing work. That's great if you sell 30 homes in a year, but if you finish not even be able to put food on the table that's not successful, right? You need to find the balance, find the suppliers and the mix that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. And it's an evolution for us. This has been over years and years of figuring out and tinkering with what works. And the only reason really that we've switched to a lot more third party now is because A, we're a lot busier, uh, but B, we've determined what the value of our time is for our objectives. Our objectives are changing and so for us, we can't afford to spend days and days and days focusing on the stuff that other people can do. Yeah. But that's not the same for everybody. Right. Exactly. So we hope you find that found this helpful. If you have any um, ideas for future episodes, we'd be more than happy to hear about them. So feel free to reach out. Do it. And that's it. Give Call us a us. follow. Give us a review if you're feeling really fancy. We haven't asked for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We never asked for that anymore. I don't even know. Yeah. Give us reviews. The reviews would be great. Yeah. I want a review. If someone gives a review that tells me you listen to the end of this podcast, (laughs) which makes me happy. Yeah. And so that was leveling up. (laughs) What what did we level up there? We We leveled up our... Your your third party involvement. We're going to have to figure out... Level up your supply chain. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see what the title is once we actually post this. Yeah. You, uh, you take care of yourself <laughs> and each other. Have a good week.